Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Primary Care Podcast. Before we get into it, uh, we're going to hit up today's primarycarepod.gmail.com inbox uh, where you can send any feedback, uh, any uh, fan mail, any suggestions, any sponsorship opportunities for any Saudi princes living out there um, who who want to uh, support the podcast. Uh, today we're going to hit up another joke at primarycarepod.gmail.com. Uh, today's joke uh, comes from an anonymous listener again, uh, Dr. List. Uh, Dr. List, I have a joke for you and Bob today. Uh, Bob loves jokes also, guys, if you ever wanted to know bob's a big fan of jokes okay so um let's pull it up here let's pull it up uh, two doctors opened offices in a small town and put up a sign reading dr smith and dr jones psychiatry and proctology the town's founding fathers were not too happy with the sign and so they proposed hysteria and posteriors the doctors didn't really find that acceptable so they countered with schizoids and hemorrhoids the town founders, again, didn't like that either, encountered with catatonics and high colonics. Thumbs down again. So they went back and forth, and suggestions began rolling in. Uh, manic depressives and anal retentives. Minds and behinds. Analysis and anal cysts. Nuts and butts. Freaks and cheeks. But none of these satisfied one side or the other. And so finally they settled on... Dr. Smith and Dr. Jones, odds and ends. All right, let's start the podcast. The Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast produced on my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past, or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Primary Care Podcast. It's your boy, Dr. Mark List. Um, hey, so today we're going to do something a little bit different than we normally do. Um, we're not actually talking about a medical article today, but something I think is incredibly valuable for primary care providers. And that is uh, the 2021 Office Visit Evaluation and Management documentation changes. So your E&M coding is likely going to get dramatically, dramatically, dramatically changed. Um, and I think that a lot of these changes are definitely for the better. So I've read these, I've reviewed these. Um, we're going to talk about the E&M changes. And the big overview of changes is that this really affects just your standard 99211 to 99215s and your 99202s to your 99205s. 205s. So pretty much any of your plain old office visits, either new patients or established patients. And basically the components to how we're going to code for the ENM in a nutshell are radically changed. So they're eliminating like history and physical exam requirements. So instead of having to have so many, you know, eight out of 11 elements of review of systems or HPI to get credit and, you know, to, to be able to upcode and, and appropriately code, though it's all going away which is wonderful. Uh, and basically, they're really limited to a chief complaint requirement, okay, an exam focused to the chief complaint, and then a section on medical decision-making. And, and I think this is going to radically change the way that we document medical practice for the better, for, for the better, I think. Um, and so how are we going to choose it? You're still going to be able to choose a code based on time spent with a patient, but it's not just going to be the time face-to-face -face anymore. It's going to be time that you spent on the day of the encounter. And we're going to talk about what is all included in that that you can document, but it's going to dramatically, dramatically allow you to bill more for the time that you are spending 
in the EMR, reviewing charts, especially for those new patients, especially for those complicated patients, chronic disease management is going to get a big boost to revenue. Um, and we are going to be finally fairly um, reimbursed for our time. And, and so I, I'm, I'm incredibly excited about these changes. We're going to talk more here in a little bit. Now, there's going to be prolonged services add-on CPT codes for these office visits, and we'll get into that, and a primary care add-on code. Now, the other changes that are speculative and not necessarily definitively going to happen, but it is highly being suggested that the RVUs given for office visits will go up dramatically. So compared to procedural codes, office-based clinicians and primary care providers are going to see a dramatic increase in their RVUs compared to what the proceduralists are going to have either decreased or stay the same. Now, it's not that we're just going to make, you know, truckloads more money um, when they basically not necessarily double, but, you know, 50% increase in RVU for some of these appointment types, at least the proposed changes, but they're going to decrease the RVU reimbursement rate, right? So instead of, you know, what it is now, then they will reimburse at a lower rate. Now, what this will do, it's, it'll be budget neutral, so they're not going to spend any more on doctors, but it will really shift the focus away from procedural codes and high RVU um, components that right now are going to specialists and proceduralists. And, you know, I, I've, I've lamented for years to med students that I could probably double my income by, by walking around with a, with a gun of liquid nitrogen all day and freeze actinic keratosis off every one of my older patients. And, you know, quote unquote, you know, treat all these little minor AKs, but those procedures add up over time. And I think this will finally start to righten the ship in terms of getting our priorities back. Um, I, I um, I, I, so I, I'm very, I'm very excited. I'm very excited by this. And the go live date is probably January 1 of 2021, unless things change. So here in the next three months, dramatic changes to primary care. So I, I want to dig into a couple little, uh, a couple little key features. So I think the major component is that I am so used to billing on time when it comes to mental health visits or for, um, very detailed um, explanations when people have very specific questions, cancer diagnoses, uh, talking about difficult things. I'm so used to billing on time, but it's face-to-face time. So now it's updated definition of total time. The time total time spent on the day of the encounter, including both face-to-face and non-face-to-face time, spent personally by the physician and or other qualified healthcare professionals, including APPs. So, you know, I, I think what what matters is if you review labs, you get to count that time. You review external records, you get to count that. Discussion with other healthcare providers. So if you see a patient and you call the specialist and say, you know, do I need to do I need to admit this patient? Do you need to see this patient? Yada yada. All that time that you spend on call, all the time that you spend out of your day calling people, which used to be free work, is now going to be compensated. If you interpret tests or X-rays where you're not adding additional code. So in our organization, I don't bill for my own x-rays. I read them when I'm with the patient and I say, oh, looks like there's no fracture, probably just a sprain, but I'll have the radiologist take a look at it and I'll get you a call back if they say anything different, right? Or if it's something that, you know, I say, ah, I'm questioning if this is the, if this is the diagnosis, again, I'm going to get the special, I'll get the radiologist's opinion and I'll call you back, right? Now, my, my personal interpretation counts. Okay. Um, I read my own, EK, my own EKGs right now, but some of my partners that look at EKGs um, but don't officially get to bill for them, their time will now be in that reimbursement phase. 
Now, time that does not count. So activities normally performed by clinic staff. So rooming patients, um, you know, other stuff that your staff is doing and services that are reported separately. Um, so not as part of like this clinic visit. Um, so the documentation is required. Okay. And so it's important that we are probably, and, and, and my efficiency brain, documentation efficiency brain here, immediately jumps to the fact that all of this stuff can be easily templated, right? So this, this medical decision-making um, change is really important because that's really laying out you know, the medical complexity and your thought process and all the things that you're ruling out and going through. And so that's going to be the meat and potatoes of the visit now. You're going to have a chief complaint. The HPI is no longer required elements. So basically just tell the patient's story and don't worry about adding additional detail if it doesn't matter, right? And then review systems, again, only if it's pertinent. Don't even worry about the points anymore. Don't even worry about any, you know, having to review things as part of the elements. Like that's all, that's all, you know, that's all by the wayside now. So make it really focused on what you're doing in that office visit exam. Again, uh, when I was in med school, I knew a ton of docs who would do the exact same, you know, the patient would be in for anxiety and depression and the doc would listen to their heart and lungs. And it's like, I've never done that. I've always billed based on time for mental health visits, or I've always, you know, had a really detailed mental status exam that I stole from a psychiatrist I work with. And that's how I documented. Uh, I never brought my telescope in to some of those rooms. And so now I think it's really helpful that, you know, you're not going to have to be required to do, if you want to bill for 99214, for example, you don't necessarily need to worry about doing a detailed exam uh, for stuff that doesn't matter, you know, checking, you know, documenting that they have Perla and EOMI and that their TMs are clear and non-infected. I mean, like those are things that you don't have to worry about doing anymore, that those worthless, unimportant things. So again, um, there's going to be big changes. There's going to be on add-on codes. More details are going to be coming. But I think overall, I wanted to spend a little time talking about the fact that medical decision-making now is going to be a huge part of our job. And I think as primary care, this is where we shine because one of the elements, it's the number and complexity of the problems addressed. And oftentimes we don't really get credit for the fact that we're managing hypertension and high cholesterol and diabetes and obesity and smoking status. And let's say, you know, I'm reviewing that the patient is on these blood pressure medicines. I'm reviewing the vital signs, but if I'm not making any changes, I, you know, I have to, I have to say the words, you know, hypertension, no changes made today. Right. And so I think that, I think that talking, learning, learning how to talk through these processes, um, to, to, um, be comfortable making this medical decision making and and how tying all these elements together, I think it's going to be the new challenge documentation. And a lot of us are already doing that in the plan section, documenting by problem, uh, including the complexity of the things that we're reviewing. You know, the fact I reviewed a CBC, I don't think infection is likely, so therefore we're going to go X, Y, or Z. Um, I, I reviewed labs, I reviewed external notes and, and um, elements in terms of, you know, specialist notes or review, uh, you know, reviewing outside information. That all counts. So, Reviewing a lab, reviewing a document, reviewing independent historians. So talking with a family member, calling a family member, um, talking to somebody else's nurse at a different at a different facility, talking to a different physician. These all count as part of reviewing data. Independent interpretation of tests. So you get credit for EKG plus chest X-ray plus CBC. Right? Those all count as independent interpretation. Um, a CBC and a CMP both count as interpretation. So this might this might prompt us 
to do more of our labs ahead of time so that we way, that way we get credit for reviewing those labs at the time of the visit because it has to be the day of the visit. It can't be later. It can't be labs reviewed afterwards. So it has to be same day labs. So if you're in some place like me that comp panels, A1Cs, lipid panels get done the next day um, in oftentimes cases, this will probably really, 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 really push me to get my labs done ahead of time to have a better workflow so I get more credit for the work I'm doing on the day that I'm doing them, right? And uh, complications, morbidity or mortality of the patient management, um, again, whether, you know, additional diagnostic testing or treatment is involved, things like that. So the risk, documenting the fact that, you know, there's a risk that this is a DVT going to lead to a PE, that this, that this you know, could be cancer, yada, yada. So documenting the risk being minimal, low, moderate, or high risk. Again, if you're worried in the past of just a random random abdominal pain, this week I saw a lady for early satiety and weight loss. It ended up being that she had some inflammatory colitis thing going on, and it's probably going to be no big deal. But I was concerned that it was pancreatic cancer because she was 55 years old and she was losing weight and she was having early satiety. So I immediately got an abdominal CT scan after her labs were normal. documenting that there's high risk of morbidity and that's what I'm worried about. And that's why additional diagnostic testing is needed. I'm going to get massive credit for that on my documentation. And so I'm going to be finally fairly compensated for the cognitive work that I'm doing in my office visit. So again, dramatically shifting us from just the drones, the peons who are paid by production, paid to see how much, you know, it's just so much easier to see four sore throats and four coughs than it is to see, you know, two, you know, complicated diabetic chronic disease management people. We're finally going to get credit for the work that we're doing, the appropriate care that we're giving. So I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm thrilled with these changes. Um, and the MDM is really going to be driven by those, by that, by that workflow and by that documentation. So again, um, I think this is dramatic changes coming. I think they're all for the better. It'll be interesting to see for many of my primary care colleagues that do hospital medicine and ER medicine and a lot more procedures than I do, how these RVU and reimbursement changes that are being still discussed um, have to, uh, how that impacts them. Um, For me as an office-based clinician who does a lot of internal medicine, a lot of complex chronic disease management visits, this is going to be incredibly beneficial to finally get the the financial um, benefit to doing complicated mental care instead of the routine mundane urgent care drone work that pays so much better right now. So again, um, I think there's going to be big changes. There's additional primary care add-on code type stuff that they're going to additionally have more information on. I'm not going to get into that because I don't even understand it when I'm reading it. Um, And again, I think we talked enough about these changes to say there's enough coming. I think it's all going to be net positive. And I think that there's good things on the horizon for primary care providing providers for documentation. Um, again, thank you to our AAFP colleagues who have been uh, auditing this or been pushing for these changes to the audits. And I think it's going to be massively uh, impactful to the long-term health of primary care. So uh, that's all I had for today. Uh, no updates. You didn't get more up to date, but hopefully this um, gives you some hope for the future that things are changing in the right directions. Um, and uh, again, this has been Dr. Markless with Primary Care Podcast. Thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, uh, God bless and have a great week.